Okay, well, I don't know about you, but I've got a bit of a sweet tooth. Here's my box of chocolates this morning. Um, I love anything sweet. (laughs) Oh, look, there's hands up already for chocolate. Go for it. Um, So somebody knew what I was going to do. So I I love chocolate. I love sweets. I love anything sweet. And if somebody was to um, come up to me with a box of chocolates um, and were to offer uh, offer me a chocolate, um, I wouldn't hesitate. Actually, I probably even wouldn't wait for them to offer. I'd just go for it. Um, But I'd do it. And I would shove my hand in. I would grab a chocolate. Out the chocolate would go. And there you go. It's just, I just love it. Anything. Apparently that's new, I think, so that's really exciting. Um, but I love, I love chocolate. And I think sometimes um, as, we, as we look at God's word, and we, we're going to think today about promises, the promises of God, as we look at God's word, sometimes we do just grab our hand in the, in the Bible, we grab a promise and we chuck it out there, slap it on somebody, um, and we know it's going to be good, we know it's going to be a good promise because it's a promise of God, but we don't even think about it, we just grab a promise and we go with it. Um, and I want us to think this morning a little bit about how we can look at those promises in a little bit more detail and how um, we can learn from what we read in Scripture. So I hope today we are going to learn something new. I hope we're going to learn something new about God's promises. And I hope it's actually going to challenge us and make us stretch, make us dig deeper into God's word. But as I talk today, what I want you to do is constantly remember that the stuff that I say, um, I want you to remember it's all subject to God's grace. Now, as I talk, it may seem like what I'm trying to do is put a formula to God's word. I'm trying to put a formula to um, the way that God works or trying to put God in a little box that makes it all neat and tidy for us in a kind of protocol way. But that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to get us to look at God's word, um, but keep in mind God's grace. Who here has um, experienced God's blessing um, when they feel that they've maybe not been spending enough time with him or they've not um, been maybe reading the Bible enough or whatever? Who's experienced God's blessing in those times when we feel maybe distant from God? Yeah, I think most of us can say we probably have. Who, who has, um, maybe this has applied to you, um, or you know people, but actually have um, experienced God's blessing or seen God's blessing on somebody that maybe wouldn't even call themselves a Christian? Have you seen that? Yeah, time and time again. It's amazing and that God does that um, to people because he wants to bless them. He's a good God. At the end of the day, he's a good God and he wants to bless people. And so even in our weakness, God will take opportunities to bless us. So remember God's grace. Remember God's blessing as we go through um, this talk and look at promises. So what is a promise? Well, a promise is a binding agreement, um, a formal, sealed, settled agreement, a contract, potentially, um, between two people. That's the definition that we got, um, I got from the dictionary. Um, now, sometimes in the Bible, we use the word covenant, um, and we use that interchangeably with the word promise. So when I say covenant, I want you to think promise. When I say promise, I want you to think covenant. So there are two words they're going to use interchangeably today. Now, according to one person's count, I don't know who did this, um, but apparently there are 3,573 promises in the Bible. So someone had a lot of time on their hands. Um, but we're never going to be short of God's promises, are we? We're never going to be short of them. If you think at how many promises there are in the Bible, more than pieces of chocolate in my box here. So... 
There was a song that Hillsong um, Church in Australia wrote. Um, They wrote a song called Yes and Amen. And it's taken straight from the Bible. It's thinking about God's promises. Um, And it's taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. It says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. So this is a thread that runs throughout the Bible, um, God's promises. They are good. They are yes promises. And what that verse is saying is actually our response to that should be amen. And it's not a kind of, oh, Kev's finished praying, amen, kind of. I've just got to say it because that's what I say in church. It's actually an amen. It's a really exciting kind of um, ecstatic amen. So this morning, as I say God's promises are yes, I want you guys to say amen. Amen. And I want that excitement. That was a good one. You did better than first service. Um, So I want that excitement with um, your amen because that's our response. It should be exciting because God's promises are good. They're yes promises. So our response is? Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Okay, we're going to think a little bit about covenant and the Old Testament and kind of what um, that meant in the Old Testament, the first part of the Bible. Now, um, as we read the Bible, we will see situations where um, a king has conquered a land and people, um, and what the king then wants to do is put a contract in, put a covenant in um, to protect himself so that the people don't rise up and um, overtake him and put somebody else in his place. So he's trying to protect himself, and what he then does is he makes this covenant with people um, to protect him, and he says to the people, I will look after you, um, I will um, look out for you. Obviously, you've got to pay me taxes because that's how this thing works. Um, but in, in exchange, you won't um, replace me or put somebody in my place. Now, if we were to make a, a legal agreement with somebody um, today, we would get a contract signed up, wouldn't we? Um, and we would um, get a pen and we would sign it. And that would be the legal binding agreement. But in the Old Testament, when we look at those covenants that are made, um, they are made um, in a slightly different way. What the king would have then done was he would have taken an animal and sacrificed it. Um, He would have then chopped it up and put it between him and the people he had conquered. And then as a sign to say this is a legal binding agreement, he would then walk through the pieces of the animal, which is pretty gross, um, and he would, it would then be a symbol that that was a legally binding agreement and between him and those people. That covenant had been formed. So that's how, where, we, where the covenant idea comes from. It's a, it's, it's a legally binding important thing. And when we think about promises, we think about um, covenants, and we read the Bible, there are two types that we, we will see time and time again. There's um, a covenant with one person, so where there's just one person involved in the promise, um, and that's an unconditional promise, and it's just God involved in that. So whatever God says, it's a promise, and it will happen because it's unconditional. And then there are those conditional promises we read about in the Bible, and that's made between two people. So there is God involved, but there's also us. And us being, um, by nature, the Bible tells us we're sinful, we mess things up, we do things wrong, we can actually break that covenant. We can break that part of the promise if we don't stick to our agreement in it. So therefore, you get a conditional, um, you get a conditional promise. We have a part to play in those conditional 
promises, and there is that potential for breakdown. Now, um, in our society, um, the promises and the covenant that we know so well is that of marriage. So back in March, I got married, which was very exciting, Um, and Rachel and I made promises to each other. We promised that we would love each other unconditionally, forsaking all others. And it was a huge promises that we made those promises forever. And Richard um, on staff here, one of the pastors, he um, asked us, um, he sat down with us and he tried to get us to understand the gravity of these promises that we were going to make. Um, and he was helping us reflect on the importance of this covenant that we were entering into, this lifelong covenant. And afterwards, Richard and Tyra said to us, after the wedding, um, after the service, before you go off to the reception, he said, just take 20 minutes um, just to sit with the two of you and just reflect on what you've done. Because it's, it's pretty amazing, um, and there's this huge, this huge covenant that you're entering, um, so don't take it lightly. And that was really good for us, and we really, really felt blessed that um, we had that opportunity to reflect on how important this, legally, this legal binding agreement between us was. But actually, the covenant of marriage is conditional, isn't it? Because if I was to go off and I was to have an affair with someone, um, then Rachel could look at that promise that I made to her, that stood here on the stage in this church, she could look at that promise as void, couldn't she? She could say, actually, Kev, you've not kept your part of that agreement, therefore that promise um, is, is void. Um, there is conditions that we have to keep. We have to play a part in that, um, in that promise. So there are these, in the Bible, there are these conditional and these unconditional promises that we see. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at some of the big promises that we see in the Bible, those conditional and unconditional. And we're going to start off with an unconditional promise. And many of us will know the story um, of Noah in the Bible, where um, God flooded the entire earth, and there was the ark and the animals two by two and all that kind of stuff. And God said this in Genesis. He said, I establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be destroyed by waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. So this promise of God was unconditional. He didn't say, hey, guys, I want you to do this, this, and this, and therefore I will never flood the earth again. He said, I will never, ever ever flood the entire earth. And actually, if we think about the, the weather we've been having recently, um, it's actually there's people that have had their houses flooded um, all over the place. Um, but God has said, although there may be small amounts of flooding here and there, I will never, ever again flood the entire earth. The Thames barrier is not gonna, would not stand up to the flood in the days of Noah. London would have been wiped out. Um, but never again will God um, flood the entire earth. So it's an unconditional Promise. Okay, another promise, big promise in the Bible, is that of the, in the time of Moses. And many of us will know the story of the Ten Commandments. And God promised in that um, time that he would bless his people. He would bless his people, but this promise was conditional. He said, I will bless you, but you have to keep my law. So we read in Deuteronomy, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, The Lord your God will set you on high above all the nations on the earth. All these blessings will come to you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. So there was a condition that God put into this promise. He said, I will bless you, but 
You've got to obey my law. And as you read the Bible, um, you will see those stories come up time and time again where God's people, they turn their back on God um, and they decide to do their own thing. They actually say, I know more than God does, so I can do this alone. I don't need to keep God's laws, whatever. Um, And time and time again, God's people, the blessing that God was pouring out on his people started to tail off because these people weren't keeping their side of that bargain. Like the marriage, there was a marriage almost that God had entered with his people. They weren't keeping their part of it. Therefore, God, um, his blessings weren't being poured out as much. But the thing with God, and remember, God's promises are yes. Oh, come on, guys. God's promises are yes. Fantastic. And time and time again, as we again read the, um, the Bible, we see although God's people messed up and they turned away from God, he actually said, let's give this another go. Let's try again, because I love you so much. I want what's best for you. So time and time again, God said, my promise to you is yes. And the people said, amen. Well done. Because God wanted to bless his people. Okay, big covenant, probably one of the most important covenants that we see, the most important promise we see in the Bible is the new covenant. And we read this in the Gospels, in in the um, second half of the Bible. And God actually, from the beginning of time, he knew that one day he would need to bring in this new covenant. He knew that the rules that he'd set out um, would be too much for his people to keep. Um, So he had this plan of this new covenant. And he didn't water down the laws. He didn't take away the need for punishment for the things that we do wrong. But he gave us his new promise. And this first part of the promise was unconditional. He said, I will save my people, full stop. They didn't need to do anything at that point. We didn't need to do anything. God was going to do something that would save his people, full stop. It was a good promise. It's a yes promise. And our response was amen. And as I was talking about the kings, and I was saying with the kings, for them to um, make this legally binding agreement with people, they had to sacrifice an animal. And it was exactly the same for God. For this to be a legally binding agreement between us and God, there had to be a sacrifice. And we know so well that sacrifice was Jesus. For God so loved the world, he wanted to give us a yes promise. He loved the world so much that he sent his one and only son so that we may not die. It was a yes promise from God, and our response was amen. Because he loved us so much, he wanted this unconditional option for us. But then there came a condition to it that we had to fulfill a part of it. Jesus died for us regardless, but we had a bit to fulfill on that, and we'll look at that in a minute. So hopefully we can see through those, um, those couple of things, there's many, many promises you can read in the Old Testament, um, that there are these conditional and unconditional promises. And actually if we go back to my box of chocolates, and if I was to um, be given this box of chocolates and Rachel, my wife, was to say to me, today you're only allowed one, I'd be like, I'm going to work where you can't see how many I eat. But um, I would then, I would look at the box and... Um, I do get the privilege of looking after the youth tuck shop, and it goes down quite quickly. But I do pay for it, so that's okay. Um, 
So um, I would then go on the back, I would look at the, um, the ingredients, wouldn't I? And I would see what's in it, and I would, I would take one, and I would pull out my chocolate, and, and I would eat it. And I would probably dig right to the bottom to find one of my favorites, which is over there. Um, and I would then take one that I really, really liked and wanted, because I knew what was inside it. And actually, if you've got a nut allergy, you would not pick that one, would you? That's got a big old nut in the middle. Um, so you would be careful on what you ate because it's life and death almost sometimes if you've got a nut allergy. So you'd want to know what was inside those chocolates. And actually, as we look at the promises of God and as we um, start to dig more into the promises of God, we need to actually um, we, we need to take on a little bit of responsibility. We need to mature as Christians and read a little bit around um, that promise. Look at the context. Look at what God is saying. Look at the small print almost. It's a time where we need to grow up as Christians in this family business, as Chris likes to say. And we need to take on that responsibility that God is giving us. We um, um, just yesterday went, um, my wife and I went um, to the snow dome in Hemel, and um, I, um, being a pro snowboarder, not really, but um, trying, um, went off on the slopes, and um, Rachel went for a lesson, um, because um, Rachel, um, uh, she's still learning, um, and she's trying to master skiing, but um, she needs to have those lessons. She needs to put that time in, that practice, to be able to get to be good at skiing. Um, and actually, it's the same for us as we look at God's word. Um, regardless of our age and where we are in our faith, and if we've been Christian many, many years, or we've only just become a Christian, or not even a Christian, um, we need to actually take that time to learn and to, and to understand what it says in the Bible. It's not a bad thing that it's a time of growth for us as we stretch out, as God stretches us. But actually, before, um, just before Christmas, I went to see Les Mis. Has anyone seen Les Mis? I understood some of it, but hey. Um, so as, as I sat there, as expensive as tickets are for the theater, so I was on the back row with a pillar about that wide, um, so, just so I could afford to get in. And um, um, as I sat there, have you ever seen those little binoculars you get? Yeah, you stick 50p in and you get these, these little red pair of binoculars. And they're never quite like, right to be able to use with both eyes, are you? So you just have to use one eye. Um, and then the focus is never quite right. So um, you end up just looking at a person's ankle and it's normally blurry. I said this to my wife yesterday and she was like, well, you're not using them right, are you? But anyway, that's, that's aside. Um, but actually, if you were to take those binoculars at the theatre and you were to watch the entire performance, you would see it a small part of the stage. And there'll be loads of stuff that will be happening all over the stage that you would miss and you wouldn't understand what was going on because you'd just seen a small section of it. And actually, for me to enjoy Les Mis more, um, I had to put those binoculars back and save my 50p, because it's a waste of money anyway, um, and just watch the whole stage so you can see what's going on. And it's the same with um, the promises of God. We need to take that step back um, and we need to look at the bigger picture of God's promises. So I'm going to throw out some um, hypothetical situations that many of us will have found ourselves in um, where we take God's promises, um, but we're then going to look at the small print and look at what it actually means. So somebody maybe comes to us, maybe they're a bit depressed, um, and they're fed up with life, and we pray, we pray with them, and, and um, we say, God will give you rest. Great biblical promise. Absolutely fantastic promise. God will give you rest. And it's encouraging, isn't it? It's a great promise. But if we actually look at those Bible verses, um, it comes from Matthew eleven twenty-eight. 28. This is one verse that I pulled out on this. It says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, 
and I will give you rest. There's the promise. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So God's promise is yes, and our response is amen. amen. So God's promise is good. That's not going to change. God's promise is good. But what is our part that we need to play? Someone call out. Tell me, what do we need to do in that promise, for that promise to be true? Come, don't we? We need to come to God. We need to go to God. If we don't do our bit, God still may bless us, but God is saying, come to me and I will give you rest. So there's a, there's a conditional part that goes to this. Many years ago, I knew that God's promise on my life was yes. I knew that it was a good promise. Um, but I didn't know really where I was going with life. I didn't know, um, I didn't have direction. Um, I needed rest as well um, because I was, I was getting burnt out by things. And um, those of you that know Claire Wilson, our, our previous children's pastor, um, her mum was my youth worker when I was a teenager. And I was working with her at the time doing some youth work stuff. And she said, you need to go away and seek God. So I was like, all right, okay. And she said I had to fast. I was like, oh, man, I love food. So um, that, was, um, that was a difficult one. But she said, you need to fast, you need to go away, you need to study, pray, spend time with God. So she put me in the car, and she took me off to her old Sunday school teacher's house. And um, she dropped me off, and it was a, it was a lovely, like, decorated house in the 1940s, hadn't changed. Um, and she took me, she showed me um, to my room. I had a bed, and I had a chair. Um, and her name was Mrs. Plum. I don't even know if she actually had a first name, but um, we always called her Mrs. Plum. Um, and she shut me in my room um, with a glass of water and no food. And I was like, God, what have you done? It was cold, it was dark, and I was stuck in this room. Anyway, Kathy um, said to me, um, you need to study tighter. So I got my Bible out, I started reading. I had a, um, a guide as well that was helping me to understand the book. And I was praying to God, and I was like freezing cold, but praying and spending time with God. And I was like crying out to God, because more because I was annoyed than anything. Um, but I, I, I thought, I need to do this. I need to spend time. I had no option. I didn't have a car there. Um, there was no public transport because it was in the middle of nowhere, so I was literally stuck. Um, so I was forced to spend time with God. Um, so I got to about 6 o'clock, and I thought, right, I've had enough of this. I'm just going to go to bed. Um, so I climbed into bed, and I could feel every single spring on that mattress. Um, I think there was probably only two anyway, but I felt them. Um, and I, I felt like I didn't sleep the entire night. I was just laying there awake, and I was like, oh, man. And maybe I thought, actually, this is probably God just having a bit of a joke, laughing away in heaven at me. Um, but actually saying to me, you need to spend more time with me. Six o'clock? Come on. You need, to, you need to be praying. So I felt like I prayed throughout the night. I probably did sleep for a good chunk of it, but anyway. Um, and I remember, as I look back on that, the next day, Kathy came and picked me up. And as I look back on that time, I actually think, I remember that study. I remember that time when I spent with God, that intense time of prayer, reflection, and study. And, and God, God spoke to me. And God gave me direction. He gave me rest at that point that I needed it so much. But I had to do something. And it was through gritted teeth. But actually looking back in hindsight, it was a good thing to do. I had a part to play. I had to go to God. And sometimes, so another, another promise um, we may find ourselves in, going back to that new covenant that I spoke about, we may say to somebody, hey, God will save you. 
God will save you. Because we know that's an unconditional promise. God sent Jesus for us regardless. He sent Jesus. It wasn't anything that we had to do. He was going to send Jesus anyway. But then there's this promise that God will save us. But there's a bit we have to do. So Romans 10. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. There's the promise. But what's our part? What do we need to do? We need to declare, don't we? Um, we need to declare with our mouth, believe in our heart, that God raised him from the dead. We have a part to play for that conditional part of the promise um, to come true. Another promise that um, so often we'll hear, um, we'll say to somebody, God is your strength. And we read in Psalm 28, 7, the Lord is my strength. Good, true, yes promise. And our response is? Amen. Um, my heart trusts in him. He helps me. So what's our part to play in that? Trust, trust isn't it? We have to trust in the Lord and he will be our strength. Someone may come to us and they're anxious. Um, and um, you say to them, don't be anxious. It says it in the Bible, don't be anxious. God will be your peace. Have you ever said that to somebody who's anxious? It's like red rag to a ball, isn't it? It's just not the right thing to say. But anyway, sometimes it can be a comfort. But actually, if we read in the Bible, it says um, in Philippians chapter 4, it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So what's our part to play in that verse? We have to pray, don't we? We have to, um, with prayer and petition, request, um, with thanksgiving as well. Remember the thanksgiving, because that's really important. Uh, we take these things to God, and God will, um, God will give us that rest, and he will take away that anxiety. So there's many, many promises that we know in the Bible are yes promises, and our response is? Amen. Amen. But we have our part to play. One promise that we hear a lot, and I'm sure you can quote it um, um, off the top of your head, is Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give hope and a future. Again, a fantastic, amazing, yes, promise from God. And actually, at the time, if you read about it, and this, this one I had to read a little bit more to kind of get an understanding of it. God was saying to his people, what I want you to do is I want you to settle down. I want you to build some houses. I want you to reproduce, have kids. Um, and as the city prospers, so will you prosper. He said, um, you need to be really careful, he said. There'll be false prophets that will come along. He said, watch out for those guys. Um, and he said, um, stay faithful to me for an allotted time, and it was about 70 years. Um, and he said, then I will fulfill my promise to prosper you. So there was things that the people had to do so that God would fulfill his promise. And actually, as we think about that today, as we think about there are things that we have to do um, for, um, to, for God's promises in our life, those yes promises, to become true. And for the Israelites of that time, they had to spend that time with God, serving him, spending time with him, um, and God prospered them. But actually, what does that mean for us? Where does that go for us? Actually, I think there are those times when we need that personal reflection. We need to go to God. We need to pray to him. We need to do all those things we've seen. But actually, sometimes there's a practical side to it. And actually, if part of what we're doing here um, to prosper us as a church is you serving on the Chai Cafe and you giving somebody a coffee with a smile, will actually build the church. That's a part to play in us as a church prospering. 
Um, if you're in, those, in the children's ministry, as, as I'm sure you all want to be, um, helping out with the, with the kids, it's all part of how we grow the church, how God will prosper us, that yes promise of um, prosperity, um, actually serving in the children's ministry. It's not just looking after kids. Actually, I, when, when we, when we, when we um, serve the kids, we don't know what they're going to do. We don't know um, if they're going to be the next um, Billy Graham, the next Chris Lane. We don't know, do we, um, what, what these guys are going to grow into. They're going to be great people. And we need to invest in them. And that's all part of our part of God's promise coming true by us serving. And, and equally with the prayer ministry, do the Essentials 102 course on the 8th of, um, 8th of March and um, come along and pray for people and see, play our part um, and God will prosper us. It's a yes promise. Amen. Amen. Yes. Okay. Um, so God's, God's promises are always yes. Let's have another Amen. Um, and they are good. A final promise um, that was on my life that I just want to just share, um, was, it was a promise that came via somebody else, and they said to me that actually God will make you um, an international children's worker, somebody who will impact children across the globe. Not really knowing what that meant, or if that was even true, I kind of thought, all right, okay, well, fair enough, um, we'll just go with that. Um, I was working at a little church in, in Berkhamstead at the time, um, but I just treasured that in my heart and hung on to it. Anyway, one day I received an email from a friend and um, um, the email, in the email, it showed um, this book that was um, a bestseller in the States um, for children. It was a Christian book. And it was this one here. Who do you think wrote it? Anyone? Hazard a guess? Me, way there we go. Um, I wrote this book, um, and um, not many people know that, um, but it was a book for, um, for girls around eight to eight to 11, something like that, and it's about their relationship with God, and actually it became a bestseller book in the States, and I'm I'm telling you this not to glorify myself by any means, um, but to glorify God, because God's promise on my life would be that I would impact people um, internationally, and he did it through this, but he wouldn't wouldn't have done that if I hadn't have gone um, and taken pen to paper and put ideas down and created this book. If I hadn't have played my part, that promise would not have come true. And I, did, I, I didn't see a penny of this book. Um, I hope someone did somewhere. Um, but um, it was something that I did because I knew it was a kingdom thing. I knew that it was going to benefit the church. Um, and, and, and it did. It's been, it's been great for people that have bought this book and they've been able to reflect on their relationship with God. And all the glory goes to God. Amen? Amen. Because we're building the kingdom. Anyway, I can tell you about it now because it's not in print. So um, anyway, uh, so don't all try and buy it because there's probably just bad copies on, Amazon, on eBay or something. Anyway, um, I want to finish with um, just saying um, that I don't want us to go away from today thinking um, that we can't use God's promises without looking at the context. And um, what I want to do is I want to encourage us to use God's promises more. And actually, those Uh, 3,500 whatever promises that somebody counted in the Bible are so good. They are yes promises. And we say, so let's be finding out the promises of God. Google it, whatever you want to do. Find those promises of God and start lavishing them upon people. But as you do, encourage people to say, as God works in your life and this promise comes true, spend time with him. Seek God. Pray dive into the word, encourage people to do their part for those promises to be true. Because God loves it when we spend time with us. This morning as we worshiped, God loved it. 
God loved that because his people are spending time with him. And the more time we spend with God, I know his promises will be true. I know he will pour out his blessings on us. And his people said, Amen. Amen. So God's promises are yes, and our responses are resounding. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. As the band come up, I'm going to pray, um, and then we're going to worship. Let's pray. Father God, I want to thank you that you are a good God. I want to thank you that your promises are always yes. And I want to thank you that your heart's desire is to bless your people. Your heart's desire is to see good things for your people. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to remember that. I pray that you would help us to take your promises and lavish them upon people. I pray that you would help us to encourage people and, you, and we'd encourage each other um, and you would encourage us individually to spend that time with you in worship, in prayer, in reflection. We'd ask people those questions that we need to to get an understanding of your word. But God, I pray that you, in our hearts you would always help us to remember that truth that your promises are yes and your people said. Amen. Amen. Thank you.